Shri Damodar Janani Chapter 10, Part 2 Gradually the demigods rose to their feet, wiped away their tears, and looking around, saw the cowherd voice staring at them with obvious amazement. Looking at each other, the brothers thought, No doubt the crashing of trees will soon bring the Brajvasis running. It is better that we leave now. Demigods are not suited to this land of Gopas. Turning back to Krishna, they said, O Lord, please give us permission to depart, but before we do, please give us some instructions that we can hold in our hearts, some order that we can fulfill. Whatever you instruct we shall do, but let us always remain followers of your servant, Lord Shiva, our Guru Narada Muni, and the Vaishnavas. After a pause, they added, and let us be servants of your cowherds. Krishna raised his eyebrows. That is a service very rare. Nalukuvara replied, that we know. But by Narada's grace, we can see you, which is equally rare. If we as offenders have obtained what is unobtainable, then now as your devotees, what will not be possible by the grace of Narada? Pleased with their humility and the intensity of their desire for Rajbhakti, Krishna said, You are disciples of Narada. Go to him. He will fulfill your desires. Because I am pleased with you both, you may now ask me for a boon. Now the Kuvara and Manigriva looked at each other, smiling, and then at the upturned soles of Krishna's pinkish lotus feet. With quaking voices they said, O Lord, if you are pleased with us, then bless us with pure devotion and mastery over the nine limbs of bhakti. Bless us that our mouths may always sing the divine attributes of your lotus feet, of your affection for your devotees, of your beauty. Bless us that our tongues never touch the subject of yoga or sacrifice, what to speak of sense enjoyment. May our minds be absorbed in your pastimes and divine nature without wandering to other things. May our two ears incessantly and attentively hear topics about you, including how you empower Brahma to create. But please do not let our ears be attracted to mundane sounds that have no pure rasa. May our hands and bodily limbs be always engaged in service to you, especially to your deity form and to your devotees. May we repeatedly bow before you with all eight limbs of our body, and in that way we may offer respects to all living entities, for you are their origin. But in offering our obeisances, may we always think of the people Braja, even though we may be distant from them. The two demigods paused for a moment. They wanted to ask that Damodar personally appear in their homes, but then thought it inappropriate. May our eyes always rest on your deity form, on your devotees, and on Shaligram Shilas. Nalakuvara and Manigriva had especially wanted to perfect the practice of sadhana, so they did not specifically ask for the perfection of friendship and complete surrender, but silently they wished that these would be the result of their sadhana or included in their meditations just as servitude was included in their kirtan. 
remembering the importance of kirtan, the two added, Because by chanting your names all other senses are happily engaged, and because it is most pleasing to you, maybe we bless with the special taste that comes from your sankirtan, a sadhana to which there is no equal. Krishna smiled very sweetly. He had listened to Nalukubara and Manigriva's prayers. But there are other things going through his mind. Krishna thought, They are glorifying me as the Lord, but I am a shackled Lord. On top of that, Lord that I am, I remain tied to a mortar of all things. Krishna's smile widened further. Krishna's smile widened further. The demigods were unsure whether he was pleased with them or deriding them, so they became a little fearful. Seeing their reaction brought Krishna's smile to a chuckle. But the brothers could not share it. That made Krishna began to softly laugh. <laughs> he picked up the rope and began to play with it again, finding the condition of being bound up increasingly humorous. He thought, These are not really ropes, but the bonds of my mother's prema. While I am bound by her love, these demigods are bound by my maya. Although they call me the lord of Gokul, I am tied like a calf. What kind of lord is that? And while they praise me, the scolding of my mother is so much more pleasing. Reflecting on these contrasting situations, Krishna was besides himself with laughter. His sweet voice rang out to his still immovable friends who thought, whatever he is doing, Krishna is having a good time. And Krishna was indeed having a good time, absorbed in the mellow of humor, Hasirasya. Krishna found everything funny and laughed repeatedly. But when he caught sight of the confused demigods, he thought, They must think I'm ridiculing them. That is not nice. They are devotees. I should respond by speaking to them. It is not fair that I play while they are waiting to leave. Besides, it is my duty to encourage everyone, not just the Rajwasis. And since I am a resident here, they are like my guests and should be treated with kindness. Nalukuvara and Manigriva are fortunate to have been so blessed by Narada, and so I am also obligated to him. Thinking in this way, Krishna softened his laughter to a smile, directed to the devas, putting them at ease and reassuring them that he approved of their prayers. Pleased with the two demigods for having recognized that Narada was the cause of their good fortune, from within their hearts he made them feel great joy, and so they too smiled. Clearing his throat, Krishna mercifully replied, Your past life and Narada's kindness to you were well known to me. Had Narada not desired it, I would have never shown mercy to you offenders. That would have been contrary to everything I stand for. The two brothers lowered their heads in shame as Krishna continued, As I am all good, so are Vaishnavas. Whatever they do is always beneficial. You are drunkards and braggarts, blind to the meaning of life. But Narada was kind to you regardless, and awarded you punishment that would bring you to your senses. Indicating the trees lying on either side of him, Krishna added, Narada took away the source of your blindness, which was your wealth. What wealth do trees have besides their flowers and fruit? As you stood here steadfast, you became sober by remembering his wonderful instruction, beginning with 
nahyanyo jushto joshan pudhi brahmsho rajagunaha. The demigods were astounded that Krishna knew their past down to the finest detail. He remembered every word said millennia ago. Seeing their wonder, Krishna smiled widely. What was not possible for him? In this way, Narada's words brought you sobriety. But more than that, closest to my pastimes and my devotional service, those were his real blessings. Krishna stopped for a moment as he meditated upon Narada's love for him. When he thought of how Narada sacrificed the bliss of being with him to preach throughout the universe, Krishna closed his eyes as they flooded with tears. Nalakuvara and Manigriva could understand that Krishna was feeling excessive love for their guru, and they too became teary-eyed. After a pause, Krishna said, Narada's mercy began by appearing before you. His curse was just an extension of that mercy. The demigods were puzzled by what they had heard. What did the Lord mean? Reading their thoughts, Krishna replied, Just to see a sadhu is a blessing. To see a well-behaved saint who is spiritually realized and undisturbed by praise or infamy slackens the bonds of material existence. But, Krishna paused for emphasis, and even tapped the mortar at his feet. To see a soul like Narada, a sadhu, who has offered his mind completely to me and is always absorbed in thoughts of me, material bondage is severed forever. Again, Krishna paused. A sadhu can give only as much as mercy as he has. Although one can see even before sunrise, complete vision comes when the sun has risen. Continuing to speak about Narada, Krishna felt as if his tongue was dancing according to its own accord. But a blessing greater than seeing my pure devotee is had by hearing and conversing with them. Even by hearing and chanting my glories does not bestow such a merit. Krishna thought to himself, and how wonderful, even though these rascals offended Narada, because of his devotion for me, he continued to bless them with the highest good. Remembering their rudeness to Narada, Krishna turned to the demigods. By seeing Narada, you too have already been freed of material bondage, therefore asking me for mercy as gratuitous. Had you not seen Narada, you would not be seeing me, hence your suffering would have continued. Krishna felt that Nalukuvara and Manigriva needed to be warned not to commit Vaishnava Aparada again. Although they were now liberated and unlikely to offend, Krishna still wanted to instruct them, and through them the world. Just as the sun destroys the darkness by rising, one's bondage is destroyed immediately upon seeing a pure devotee. However, just as a blind person will remain in dark wherever the sun may be, Similarly, an offender, like a demon, cannot be liberated, even if he sees Narada Muni. Krishna then added, Or if he is liberated, it will take a long time. Krishna became silent, and there was a lengthy pause. It was time to Nalakubara and Manigriva to go. The cowherd boys were restless, trying to free themselves from the invisible bonds, and the Rajbasis were coming to their senses, and soon be searching after Krishna. Krishna was uneasy, and the demigods could sense it. Raising his right hand in a gesture of blessing, Krishna said, O Nalukubara and Manigriva, 
you may both return home, for your family is eagerly awaiting you. Turning to Nalakuvara, the elder of the two, Krishna says, As for your desire to be always absorbed in my service, I assure you that it will be fulfilled in a way that your domestic life will not pose an obstacle. Feeling humbled by his mother's bonds of love, Krishna did not think himself capable of blessing the two devas. He thought, Whatever they want will be fulfilled by Narada's desire. Out loud he said, By the grace of Narada you have developed prema for me, and thus obtained the topmost goal of life. Keep his grace Narada Muni always in your heart, and because I am always in his heart, you shall never be separated from me. Krishna then added, Your material existence has now come to an end. Nalukuvara and Manigriva were heartbroken. They would have to leave the Lord. Their legs became numb, their eyes welled with tears, and they began to perspire. They could not leave, did not want to leave, but they had to. As much out of a desire for another few moments of their association, as a gesture of respect, they circumambulated the Lord who was tied to the mortar. Their senses, empowered by prema, the two demigods drank in Krishna's sweetness through their eyes, ears, and noses. Still, they could not get enough. Gradually, they circumambulated the area where Krishna sat, repeatedly bowing, not just to the Lord, but to the mortar and the rope, saying, Namaste dudamne spuradiptidamne, tvadiyodharayata vishvashtadamne. O Damodar, obeisances to the rope around your belly, obeisances to your splendorous effulgent abode, sheltering the entire universe, your belly. Krishna finally stopped them with a loving glance that said, Please go. Bowing down one last time, the demigods turned and rose into the sky. As they did, they sorrowfully looked back at Vrindavan, which they had so long been their home, and at the two trees that had been their shelter. Having lived in Gokul for millennia, it is every nook and cranny was ingrained in their hearts. And that is where Vrindavan would stay, in their hearts. And in Vrindavan they would always serve that wonderful little child who they once saw bound to a mortar by his mother. Traveling north, the direction served by devotees, the demigods dutifully returned to their planet, where they would join with other demigods in the sankirtan of Krishna's names and pastimes.